<clears throat> All right. I'm rolling. So what's new? <clears throat> I'm rolling. Uh, mm. You know, did you guys, are you guys watching my stories at all? I've been restoring this, this old drill press that I got a couple of years ago. A fan yeah. named Patrick, who's a real estate broker, came across, a, he, he sold a barn at, a, at an auction. And in that barn was this old drill press. And he said, the new owners are going to toss it if somebody doesn't come and rescue it. And he called me and, and I drove out there with my cousin two summers ago and we picked it up. It was huge. It's weighs probably 2000 pounds, but I figured the only way we could move it without any machinery is to take it apart. So me and my cousin broke it down completely into like nuts and bolts and big enough pieces to pick up. And we threw it all the back of my pickup truck. I brought it back here, threw it on two pallets, moved it out in the rain to the side of my shop. And it sat there exactly for two years. And then this, this new friend, Rob contacted me and said, Hey, I want to help out in the shop. I live nearby. Is there anything I could do? I like restoring stuff. So he came by and visited and I was like, Hey, you want to work on this drill press with me? And he said, cool. And then he left and then we didn't really talk for like a week. And then he wrote me a note. He's like, I got nothing to do for three days. I'll work on that drill press. And so he jump started that project that has been just sitting completely dormant and it's coming together today. If you guys check my stories today, it's, it's coming together really good. It's, it's amazing. These like parts that have been moved in like a hundred years are working beautifully. It's crazy. Isn't it funny how uh, somebody else gets involved and then it kind of sets a little deadline and gets, gets things rolling and put in place. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely, I I said to him today, I'm like, you know, thank God you came, came along. I was going to scrap this thing because I kind of like, I, I, there's always a limitation where I'm looking around and I'm like, there's so much junk around here. I got to get rid of some of it. And I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, I was going to give it to somebody or just get rid of the project. But now I'm going to have this incredibly cool drill press in the shop that I rescued with, with Rob's help tremendously with Rob's help. And uh, so it's, it's going to be good. And it'll be a video. I'm shooting the whole thing on the DJI action camera. And uh, uh, do you guys notice? I know, I know, Bob, you use the DJI action camera. Do you notice that the DJI action camera files don't jive too well? Do you notice that the files are a little stuttery? Or is that just... What do you mean? Jo- no, I haven't they, noticed anything. They well. work. I mean, I mean, it works. But like playback, it could just be my computer and iMovie. I play back an iMovie and it's, it stutters. Like I can't really... Like this whole video is going to basically be the DJI camera. And it doesn't play back. I have to basically edit it and scrub the whole time. And then export the movie to watch it. I can't watch it. You know what I mean? I can't watch it while I'm are you Are you shooting in 4K? But only exporting in 1080 because if you're shooting in 4k your computer particular may have trouble with 4k i don't know what I'll machine you're right on, now i don't think so but no i'm in 1080 1080 30 frames i was like you could oh. be right <laughs> i didn't know huh. no i don't know it's just uh it's just a stupid thing anyway this is going to be a, a fun a fun restoration and i'm i'm really looking forward to having it running and using it as a drill press so it's, that's the exciting part about it is that it's just a pile of parts. How many drill presses do you have? I have I have like <laughs> five. Fair question. I got about five drill presses, <laughs> but this is going to be the granddaddy of all the drill presses. Because all the drill presses oh. I have are like, you know, modern ones that take up just like a tiny little footprint. This thing is like a featured museum piece. Like you're going to walk in and go like, whoa. And we might talk about so color. So you can use this one to drill holes in your other drill yes, presses. Yes, yes. <laughs> we might talk about color <laughs> later. Perfect. Um, and I, I'm, we're painting it black. So it's gonna look, it's gonna look very, very classic, classy. I might hmm. put some gold accents on it. But that's what I'm excited about. And and I I posted the video of the stained glass with the Wazer project, which really is getting 
Very, very, very dynamic uh, reviews. Mostly good, but you have those crazies like, oh, you just pushed the button. You did nothing. My grandma could do that. I, I, I saw your pinned comment. Yeah, I pinned I that comment. I saw you stirring it up in there. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, people, uh, some guy wrote in the, in the pinned comment section, he wrote, all you ever do is pin negative comments. I'm out. Unsubscribe. And <laughs> if I could just call that guy. Did you pin it? I, of course. I didn't pin his. Oh, you got to pin that I, guy. I, he was in the pinned comments. So I deleted his comment and I was like, goodbye. But... If you're listening to this and you get annoyed by the fact that I only pin negative comments, it is for a very specific reason. It's because it creates dialogue. If somebody went, great job, and I pin that, everybody would be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, great job. Anybody who has anything contrary to say most likely wouldn't say it under that pin comment. But you pin a controversial comment, and I'm not rude to the guy. I was just like, hey, dude, you know, there's a lot more than just pushing the button. I was like, I did a lot of work in this thing. I said, and since you're the one that brought it up, you now host the discussion on is this brain made or is this handmade? And that's what I said. I didn't say anything more rude than that. He never seemed to chime back in, not that I noticed. But it got over 100 comments under that comment. And people Mm. basically supporting the idea that CNC is a lot more complicated than people make it out to be. And if you're if you're somebody that's going to poop poop CNC, you just never done it more than likely, you know, and people are like, yeah, I used to watch this channel for the handmade stuff. No, not so much. But if you go back and you watch like the last three videos I did, it's all handmade stuff. So people see one video and like that stains their distant, recent, distant memory of like, Oh, this guy does the CNC now. That's all he does is CNC. And I was going to leave the frame section out where I build the frame out of wood just because I was kind of rushing to finish the video. And then I was like, you know what? This will absolve me from any CNC only video <laughs> from this. From It did a little bit. There's no perfect video. There's no. nothing you can do. There's no perfect Cause video. Because I did no use the CNC to, to pocket the hole that cooked the picture of the, that put the picture in. So I made the hand, handmade the frame on the table saw you know, in the 12 segment circle. And then I CNC'd out the pocket that took the picture itself, the glass window itself. So that was a little bit of like throwing salt in the eyes of the CNC haters. So that was purposefully. <laughs> Man. But once in a while you'll, you'll get the, like, why didn't you do that on the CNC? Like, cause this was way faster. Cause yeah, right. you have yeah. to draw it up and, you know, clamp, figure out how to clamp it down in some sort of creative way. And, run a test piece to make sure your feeds are right. correct it's you know yeah and then if you're more. not going to make more than a couple it's almost you know it's almost point like i talked about doing that thing that i tell you guys last week i forget a friend of a friend of a friend said hey can you cut this thing for me and i'm like yeah i'll make a cnc file for it and it sat on my it, he, he fedexed me everything i needed to do it sat here for like six months and he writes me a note he goes just mail it all back i'm sorry I don't, i'm sorry i bothered you i'm like no 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 i'll do it took me 10 minutes to make it by hand because in my mind there was the hurdle of like setting up the cnc file and then i'm like he just wants one of them so i made it in like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and sent it back to him (laughs) but uh yeah so that and the the pin comment that's controversial creates dialogue i assume awakens the old man in the basement and he comes in and gives me a few drips every now and again so i'm just guessing because he sees like he hears my pipes rattling and he's like "Uh oh what's going on over here let me alleviate some of the stress and he loosens the knob a little bit, and then you get a little dripping around all of the internet, and people might see that as a suggested video. Just my just mm-hmm. my theory. In case anybody listening does not understand what in the world he's talking about, that <laughs> is, is Jimmy's <laughs> weird metaphor for how the internals of YouTube yep. work. Just so you're clear. There's an old man in a drippy basement, 
And he's in the drippy basement and he has millions of pipes and knobs and tubes and pressure gauges. And he just walks around the basement at night. He's the white night watchman to make sure nobody comes in and, and hacks it. And he uh, walks around and he just loosens knobs and tightens other knobs. And every now and again, he'll tighten the knob to your channel. And then all your views, just you hear all your views. Uh, I said this once and Chris Zepp just cracked up laughing. I, the other night I was laying in bed and I heard a screech from my computer, like tire skidding. And it was my last video just coming to a complete stop. Where it takes it takes like <laughs> two days to get to like two hundred and ten thousand views, and then it takes the next year to get to two hundred and eleven thousand views. And you're like, the old right. man just stepped on yeah. my hose. It's crazy. More than more than once, I've had a conversation like in person of somebody talking to me about Jimmy's lack of technology knowledge, and I'm like, that dude, he lets on a lot more than than. <laughs> no i know I what he know says on the yeah. podcast he he knows what he's doing no but it's just it's like it, it's the way that i simplify like the understanding of stuff is it's just by creating simple metaphors and it, it always helped when i was teaching too yeah but yeah no so that that yeah. old man i think he hears pipes rattling and he'll come around and he'll like he'll loosen your knobs a little bit so the water starts flowing through your system again <laughs> but yeah. We all need our knobs listened. And then you ever see like yeah. like the tube on like a the tube on like a uh, uh, like the uh, the Titanic like the pipes on the Titanic like a twelve inch pipe like PewDiePie and those guys like all those like fancy bloggers like Casey and all those guys their tubes are like they have like twelve inch pipes. I, I'm still just have like they got they got rerouted to the big yeah pipes. they have the big yeah. pipes and they they have to keep changing their valves and stuff. I, I just. I have like a three quarter copper. I think I'm just still on three quarter copper. Could <laughs> <laughs> upgrade to that pack. Anyway, <laughs> upgrade to Danny, what have you been doing? Uh, last week, the video's not out yet, um, which I think we'll put out this week. Uh, we took the router table. It was uh, basically like a Rockler router table that we we modified. Took it all apart, took out the router lift, and then threw it into the miter station just to make a little bit more room in the shop as we're kind of rearranging things. And so it was just kind of a video of like, if you want to throw your router in another tools, like a, you could throw it in your table saw, your outfit table, or into your bench. You know, here's here's how we did it, and it looks really cool right in our miter station it's totally out of the way of the fence and everything and and uh, saves us a good i don't know it's like two three feet of of space so that's that video we were going to shoot a welding tips getting started video but that's actually happening tomorrow my buddy joel Washington's coming over and he's a professional he knows what he's doing and he's going to correct my technique and we're gonna make a quick little video on that and then i got a new drill press i moved the floor standing drill press into the metal shop and now i have a little bench top drill press and we're gonna do sort of a i guess an unboxing but more of why i'm downsizing or downgrading which isn't really a downsize for me and why i don't need the big drill press and what i I don't like talking negative, but I am going to say what I didn't like about the old drill press and what I'm looking for in the new one. So just uh, more of like a conversational thing about a new tool, which is kind of a new thing for me. I haven't really done that before. And uh, yeah, so I should, it, 
it's possible we might release three videos this week. I doubt it, but we've got three videos wow. in the works. Sweet. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I feel like I saw you posting something about your go-kart, and I can't remember what the uh, so, reference was. Um, a couple weeks ago, I took apart the go-kart frame. I got it down to the, the bare chassis so I can pull measurements off of it. And I'm getting ready to start the new go-kart build. The I have all the tubing. I have. Uh, I realized when I was welding up the, the corner table a couple weeks ago that my technique is not good enough. If, uh, like, it's for my own safety and safety of the other racers, I need to make sure that I'm getting super good welds. And that's the reason that Joel is coming over and he's going to do the... I want to make sure I'm doing this right. I'm getting the 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 right settings on there and everything. And um, there's a couple of go-kart parts places. One is to the west of Columbus and the other one is to the east of Indianapolis. And I was supposed to go last week to go get all the parts that I needed for this build. And that got delayed because of snow and ice. And so that's probably going to happen next week. And on that trip, I'm going to go say hi to Brian Prusa and drop off a CNC that he's buying off of me and, um yeah uh lots just lots going on i've been really trying to force myself to do something a little bit creative every single day and a lot of that has been photography i've been playing around with photography i just i went on a photo walk the other day uh it, we got a fresh layer of snow the night before and i woke up and the sun was shining bright i'm like i'm gonna go to the park and so i took a bunch of photos 200 photos i only liked one of them out of the 200 and I, I felt really out of practice i just thought like oh i'll just this will be a thing that i've all I, you know i used to do all the time and then i come back and i didn't like anything and i don't know if i'm just more picky or it's probably the case is i'm just out of practice and then um, i was just a couple nights ago I, I didn't i was gonna film it and then i decided not to but i was playing with like different I got a couple folding books, like folding paper, and I was playing with some techniques with some construction paper, trying to do some creative things with different colors, and it didn't come out well. But I'm trying to force myself just to do something creative every single day, whether it's on camera or not, and just to keep the, the juices flowing. That's cool. Nice. Um, so last week when we talked, I was getting ready to go out of town. Did I talk about why I was going out of town? Maybe in the after show. Maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, we went to Chicago, and um, I modified a guitar to take to Rob Scallon, and I'm not going to talk about the specifics of that because it won't be out for a few weeks. But we spent a day in the studio with Rob Scallon, and it was a lot of fun. We had a really, really good trip. <clears throat> there was a place while we were up there. So we had a uh, the morning of one of the days kind of the first half of the day with nothing to do before we went to the studio. And so I asked people like, what are things you would do in Chicago? You know, and I'd been to some of the museums and stuff, but somebody recommended this place called uh, American science and surplus. If you're ever in Chicago and I think there's another one somewhere in like maybe Milwaukee or I think there's another store somewhere, but if you're ever in Chicago, go to the store because it was super cool. It was like this weird mixture of, it was a surplus store but it was, um, oh yeah, Master of None. Uh, Utkin was the one that recommended it. Um, I think I think I've been there. Have you? 
It's like weird. Yeah, I was there with Taylor like eight years ago. It's like science ago. stuff. Like there's whole yeah. rows of beakers, glass beakers, and scissors, and like scalpels, and all this stuff. And then there's like there's a, also like, military stuff, right? Yeah. Like boxes. Yeah, there was like yeah, a MIG have- fighter pilot helmet in one of the cases that you could buy, and then a um, bunch of toys up front, like science type toys for kids. And then there was a whole wall of tape in the back that I was just like staring at it, like, what of these don't I have? Like, there's got to be a bunch of cool tape here that I didn't... <laughs> and I actually didn't buy any tape, which is kind of odd. But, um, man, there's, like, tons of electronics. But it was like they had gone someplace where there were, you know, 100 refrigerators, and they had taken this one switch out of all the refrigerators and put them in a box. So they were, like, used components, really specific and weird, but there was a whole bunch of them. So you could just go kind of weed through whatever you wanted. It was so cool. And I walked through every aisle of the store got to the end of it and then I turned around and started going through it again because the guys were like further behind me <clears throat> and the second time I went through aisles I was seeing different stuff it was so weird you know, like how did I miss that like there's a linear actuator there attached to like a weird thingy and there's like I don't know it was so cool and I ended up buying random stuff that I didn't expect to buy I bought some like surgical scissors and uh, I don't know other stuff I don't even remember what I got now <laughs> but you know what's funny? I was there. I was there before I ever did YouTube. That's how long ago I was oh, wow. there. Okay. It was like one of the first Christmas trips I did with Taylor to go see her mom when we first met. So yeah, it was like nine years ago. So I'm thinking now, like, do I did I go there and buy anything that I used in a video? No, I didn't. Hmm. But yeah. I would if I will. I will if I would. What? <laughs> anyway, if you go to Chicago and you're looking for something to do, it's a cool little store. You spend 30 minutes in it and find all sorts of interesting stuff. Um, but for this week, we a couple weeks ago, we made a new table uh, to go. So Josh and I have been recording our other podcast, No Instructions, for uh, over, over a year now, I think. And we've been sitting at the end of the ping pong table that we made and shooting it there. And so for that year, we've not played ping pong because <laughs> it's just like the mics are set up and the stuff we do for the podcast is there. And so we built this new table, um, built a steel frame. Uh, cool pattern on the front of it butcher block countertop and it's on wheels so that we can set up all of our podcast stuff on it and then roll it out of the way when we don't use it and in the process of doing that we moved the ping pong table into a different area we kind of slid it out and so now where this new table was is the same room or what the new table is is where the same room where all the instruments are and we have lighting already set up we have kind of a control desk and so it's kind of randomly turned into an actual studio room that's, you know, for podcasts, for videos, for music, for whatever we want, but it's just dedicated to that. So it's kind of cool, and it's right outside my my office here. I'm looking at it. It's just kind of neat to have a dedicated space that doesn't have to double as a ping pong table anymore. Um, but the table was really easy to put together. It was very quick. Did the whole thing in a day and a half. And I think it turned out really nice. So that'll be out this week. Um, trying to think if we did anything else interesting. It's kind of weird. Last week, we um, we were gone. We recorded this show Monday morning. Then we left for Chicago. We were gone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we came back Thursday, and it was like, well, we got to finish, you know, setting up that studio room. So we cleaned everything, reorganized everything. Didn't really make anything at all that day. And then Friday, a bunch of people were sick, so I told the guys not to come in because I didn't want anybody getting sick. The flu's going around here. And... 
so I was on calls most of Friday. And then this weekend, I, my wife and my daughter had things to do different places. So I had the boys and the whole weekend I was like super antsy, just like sitting around kind of like twitchy and trying to have fun with the boys, but just kind of feeling this weird thing. And it dawned on me that I had not made anything all week long. (laughs) It was like the whole week was just, you know, work stuff and traveling, but I hadn't actually physically done anything with my hands and I could totally feel it. Do you guys get that? Like if you take... Well, you know what? Lately what uh, me and Taylor uh, have been doing family time every Sunday where we just do nothing. And yesterday we did nothing. We, We did actually end up... That's why I was Instagramming from the from the stable. We we went and see the to, to see the horse and <clears throat> Taylor did some riding. And I worked on my speech for WorkbenchCon, so I didn't do any like workshop stuff. So every Sunday we're trying to just do a little bit of nothing, and uh, it's been nice. It's actually been really nice because it, it helps me look forward to. Uh, so we did a little bit of nothing, and then Taylor's like, "I got to weld up a chair frame," so <laughs> she got an order. So she's like. At the end of the day, she's like, I'm going to go to the shop. So she went to the shop, and I went to the machine shop and made a screw. So we spent the whole day doing nothing. At the end of the day, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot i got to make a chair. And I was like, oh, you know what? You do that. I'll make a screw. And so <laughs> in my mind's eye, I'm like, all day Sunday, we did nothing. But at the end of the day, we both actually did make something. Mm. But um, we try every Sunday to just do that. And I did. I guess I did get my fix. I completely forgot. But Monday is is nice to jump back into things. It's just an exercise we're trying, so we're not constantly in the shop ignoring each other. We're actually just trying to do some, you know, quality time, just doing something. Yeah, so. that's a good thing, for sure. And, I mean, I try to do the same on the weekends, you know, try not to work. It was just weird in conjunction with a week of not working. I mean, I was working, but not actually making anything, so felt weird to tack that extra weekend on. But, <clears throat> but David, you seem to have, like, your weekends are, are like, totally off- off. Yeah, rarely even head out into the shop for anything. It's mm. it's hangout. It's just Kelly and I do stuff, or it's usually there's some sort of obligation or visiting family. But yeah, r- hardly any work at all on the weekends. Yeah, I'd like to stick to that. I actually, um, <laughs> I've been wanting to get a fish tank for a long time, and then we're talking about not working. I used to have. <laughs> fish tanks like big planted aquariums like almost like an underwater garden you know it was mostly plants with a couple of fish in it and that's something i've always enjoyed since i was a teenager i've had tanks on and off and a couple years ago like right before we moved i got rid of well about a year before we moved i got rid of my last tank because i didn't have time to focus on it i was doing the youtube stuff as a you know it was like the hobby so it took up all the extra time so i got rid of all my fish tanks i haven't had one in like three years and i've been wanting to get one here for quite a while and so this weekend, I finally went out and got a tank as like a, all right, dang it, I'm going to have a hobby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need a hobby. <laughs> I'm going to do something that's just so that I can like have a thing that I enjoy that doesn't affect anybody else. It's not offering anything to anybody else. It's just right there. And it's in my bedroom and it's like my little indoor underwater garden. And so no pressure. I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, having that thing to... Because it's something that you do kind of have to garden, like you have to keep up with it and trim it and replant and stuff like that. You know, it doesn't take a, a lot of time, but it takes some attention. So kind of looking forward to having something like that to do again. Which is I'm looking weird. forward to all the videos. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, something's going to happen where we're like, I need a stand for the aquarium. And so it's oh, going yeah. to turn That's into already, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to, I'm already making a stand. Like we were talking about this morning. I started designing it over the weekend. It's got to go on something. Correct. And that's a piece of furniture. So I may as well make that into a video. Okay. Yeah. But after that, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> did, did I tell you guys I have to make a stool for Shaquille O'Neal? Did I mention that? Yeah, you did. I don't know if that was in the after yeah. show, though. It might not have been. I don't remember. Well, it doesn't matter. We're going to start working on it this, maybe today or tomorrow. Just uh, I got to get it done faster than than later. But uh, yeah, we got a design. It's really simple, but it's gonna be interesting. I have to make a, a an oversized stool for Shaquille O'Neal. He's gonna be at an event that my friend is hosting. He's like, we need for a place for him to sit. So, so like a a sh- <laughs> a stool for him. Can you even get on top of it? Like, is that gonna be well? <clears throat> it'll be everyone's saying because you know they asked that. I'm waiting for the final word from his his team is trying to get us the answer, but. Uh, by all accounts, everyone's saying he's like seven foot and change. Exactly. I don't know exactly. It's in the email, but uh, everyone says 40 inches would be a good enough height for a stool. Good grief. 40 inches. So I, I have stools in my kitchen, which are perfect at 24 inches. So wow. stools for Shaquille would be, th- that's what everybody's saying. So I'm going to wow. make it at 40 and I'm making the feet adjustable. So if I did need to bring it down a little bit. So. That's wild. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, not adjustable. In the final product, but in the fabrication, if they decide they want to make the stool shorter, I can just cut off the bottom and no one will notice. So, huh? But I'm going to work on that today. That's pretty cool. Um, well, I asked Twitter if they had any things that they wanted to hear us talk about today. We got a few kind of short things. I think we can run through a few of them if you guys want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, man that is Andy. Handy. Oh, because the A's big. Handy Andy. That's pretty clever there on Twitter. Um, he asked, I've always wondered about the way people plan for projects to avoid the seemingly inevitable drive back to the hardware store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I use McMaster Car a lot, a lot more. Because the, the, actually, like one of the best ordering app apps on a phone is McMaster Car. They break it down. It's like, okay, what's next? What size? What thread? How long? What type? What metal? And you answer all these questions in consecutive order, and then you get the part you need. And you can always go back. You can jump out of it. You can jump right back into where you were. So the McMaster app is amazing, and it's, it comes so fast. I don't know for some reason where I am in the world. If I order something right now, it'll be on my doorstep in the morning. It is <laughs> unbelievably quick. And so I can always count on that. So I do use McMaster Car a lot. And then when I'm shopping on McMaster Car, I always buy about 50% more of what I actually really need. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, it'll just get used. It'll get used. It'll get used. And case in point, I bought extra bolts for the Power Hammer restoration a year ago, which is a vintage machine, odd size bolt. And today we're putting the drill press together and I needed one of those bolts. So I went right in my bin and went right into my McMaster Car stash and I found that bolt I needed. But... McMaster's great, and there's a couple of small hardware stores up here. I end up going to Home Depot a lot because it's between my shop and Taylor's studio, so I end up stopping at Home Depot a lot. Um, And I always end up buying more than I need. But McMaster's great. And then for, like, odd things like drill bits and weird stuff, I go to eBay a lot. So if it's a super rush, I guess Home Depot would be the spot. Or the other home, there's a a home store nearby called G&H. I go to G&H a lot, too. But they close earlier than Home Depot. So if it's a jam up, I got to, you know, if it's jam for time, I certainly. 
But yeah, I always give myself enough time to research on the internet to find the parts I need to have them sent here in a day or two. And I made a joke before we started talking about this. I was like, if you're doing a plumbing project, just never shut your car off because that's, you're just going to go back to the store 500 times unless you actually have a plumbing truck with thousands of solutions oh, yeah. in it. When we were doing our, yeah. our bathroom renovation, I got to the plumbing section where, okay, the next two days I'm going to be doing plumbing stuff. And I went at 7 o'clock in the morning, took the kids to school, went to Lowe's. And I walked in and I was, you know, I go to Lowe's a lot. So I know some of the people that work there. And I saw this girl, Mandy. And I'm like, hey, I'm doing plumbing today. So I will see you five more times. <laughs> Guess how many times I was in Lowe's that day? <laughs> Nine. Seven. Seven times <laughs> in a single day. Hmm. <laughs> yep. Stupid. I'm I, just, when I, was I mean, I think that's, the, that's the all six. about me. That's all not me not really knowing exactly what I need until no. I get there and I start putting pieces together. And I'm like, oh, didn't get the one. Same thing happened to me when I did the sinks over in the house. I still have one bathroom to redo. I did two bathrooms over about seven or eight years ago. I went to Home Depot 40 times that week. This doesn't work. That you know, And then you're there and you're totally frustrated on like the third trip. And you end up buying like 10 things you don't need. You come back, yeah. none of those 10 things are the right thing. Yep. Yeah. It becomes a real pain in the took us. Yeah, plumbing is one of my least favorite things. For me, it's... But it, you know what I have nearby, too? I have a tractor supply, which is a great yeah. spot. They have lots of good hardware. They have a great bolt dial. So hmm. I actually went I went to tractor supply the other day, and I got bolts for the Honda. We we're fixing up this Honda, me and Taylor. And they had the size I needed, metric size pan head bolts for the Honda that worked perfect. So, Well, that's uh, one of the really things I, I love about... Like, we have an Ace Hardware in town, and when we lived in Savannah, there were a couple of them. And the rest of the store I don't really ever go to, but that hardware aisle, you know, where you go, you just have, like, both sides all the way down of all the bins with every piece of a not imaginable hardware, but everything realistically that you would use. And that is so handy. In fact, recently, I've always talked about wanting to have that aisle in my shop. I just want to, like, buy out an ace and just moving into the shop <laughs> so i got to looking around on um amazon or ebay or something and found these big metal uh it's like a like a parts bin but it's like eight or ten tall you know six or seven wide and this whole thing is 40 inches tall 36 inches wide and it's just bins and you can buy those empty or you can buy them full of hardware and so it's, you know, six, seven hundred bucks, but you have a hundred pieces in every single one of these things. And then you just have to kind of go through the different options to figure out whether you want, you know, uh, coarse thread, fine thread, metric, standard, whatever, whatever. There's just all these different options. You just have to find the package that meets whatever you need. Of course, everyone that I looked at was like, I need those two columns, but I don't need the rest of the stuff because I'm never going to use that many washers or whatever. So I ended up just buying the empty parts bins and I got a 40 inch tall one and then another 36 inch tall that can go on top of those. So now I'm just going to start building out my own Ace Ace hardware hardware wall. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to do it myself. That's what, that's what Aaron and I have been talking about doing on Instagram. A couple weeks ago, I asked the world, does anybody know a toolbox company that's willing to give me like 15 toolboxes? You know, I'd certainly promote them. And the question still stands. If anybody's looking to promote their toolbox company, or if you know somebody that owns a toolbox company. I thought I was going to have something going with Lowe's, but that ended too soon. But I want to have like 10 of the same exact toolboxes. And when I say like 40 inches wide, I want like 10 of those because I have this shop, I have the other shop. I want to just deck out one wall with drawers and these type of drawers that you could open up and then separate them into bolt bins. So that's the future of 
of not having to go to the hardware store 50 times. Yeah. It's to have like a drawer full of metric choices, a drawer full of standard choices, the, like the four or five sizes we use all the time, uh, a drawer full of taps that I use often. And I have that now, but it's a little bit scattered. But Aaron wants to try and tie it all up into one organized wall. And I have all these vintage bins that I collected over the years thinking, oh, these would be cool. But now I look at them, it just drives me crazy because it's not one linear line of the same cabinet in the bright, fancy color. I want to eliminate all those. As soon as I can replace all those ragtaggy cabinets with one beautiful line of the same shape. There was get them all, get rid of all of them. I was looking for something like that. I, I'm not that many of them, but I was just going to get a couple of big old parts bins, you know, that I could kind of clear out and then put my own stuff in. I was looking on Facebook Marketplace recently, and I found this guy who was local to me, and he had 37 of this. I don't even remember what the brand name was, but it was some brand name that would come put a big toolbox or a parts bin box in your shop. And, you know, they would just be a supplier. They would come back every so often and fill everything up for you and whatever. And he had 37 of these things. And they were, I think, two feet wide, four feet tall. And Mm. it had a picture of this warehouse, and they just went forever. And half of them were empty. Half of them were, you know, full of random stuff. But I was like, I don't have a place for those. I would love to. It was, I think, 3600 bucks or something for all of these containers. I was yeah. just like, that's too much That's for what I'm me. looking for. You know, but yeah, that would have been good. I should have sent it to you. I've actually reached out to Harbor Freight. They make a nice, beautiful, they have a new toolbox line. I reached out to them yeah. through Instagram, but they didn't write back. Everybody bother Harbor Freight for me <laughs> and tell them they need to give me toolboxes. <laughs> Go to their Instagram and say, you need to give the rest of the toolboxes, please. Thank you. I actually went to buy one, we could, of, one of their new toolboxes could... for this table that we were, yeah. I was just talking about with the, the uh, butcher block top. I was going to get one of those and just put a top on it, thinking... I didn't look at the price, and I'm like, that's oh, Harbor Freight. Like, they couldn't be that expensive. So I go there and look at this big 56-inch orange, cool-looking toolbox, and it was like $800. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Next time. It's good quality stuff, but it is a big commitment in, yeah. in price. And, yeah. Yep. I had a conversation with one tool company, and they're like, we're, we're we're not huge. Like they actually, the company's got to be into the millions and millions of annual sales. They're like we like they don't they just like they're like not we're not really into this media influence stuff. They're like tell us what you want, we'll give you a quote. So I was chatting with them. I don't know. They were nice about it. They're just like it's not really our bag to do this. They're like we don't have that kind of money like some of the other big guys. And I didn't know who we meant because I'm like I don't know who are you talking about. Snap-on's not giving anything away. You know, none of those guys are giving anything away. But, I don't know. Yeah. Well, to answer this question, though, free I, think, toolboxes. I don't think uh, there is a solution. Sorry, handy, handy. Um, I think it's just like you keep going back and always get extra stuff until eventually you have things around so you don't have to go back sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's you just, you just keep buying extra stuff. I mean, uh, sometimes you, you, you're like, I could always return this, but you never do. Yeah. So you just start, you just keep your collection going. You need two bolts, buy four. It, it's always something that you think nine. you have. It's like, oh, cut off wheels. I should have a ton of them. And then you don't. Or it's for me, it's like picture hanging wire or sandpaper or something or finished. It's like, yeah, I've got that. I don't need to go get that when I go pick up materials. And then you're in the middle of the project. And so if you can I, do it, get extra. A couple of times when I know that I'm going to get um, something where like sanding blocks. I love sponge sanding blocks. I use them all the time. 
I have multiple grits. And I used to buy, go to Harbor Freight and buy the little packs of four or five at a time. And they're pretty cheap, but you still go through them pretty often. And, and when you only have a few on hand, you're, at least I'm more like, I'll just keep sanding with this one, even though it doesn't really have any grit left on it, you know, just because I got to, I only have two left. <clears throat> so one time I was going to get some of those and I thought, I'll look on eBay and see if I can find more of these sanding blocks. So I found for, I think it was $60 one time on eBay, a box of 200 sanding sponges. And they're like, you know, fine on one side, uh, rough on the other side. And so I order, placed that order and then I still went to the store and got the few that I needed for that day. But I've been going through that box of sanding sponges for multiple years now. And it's not <laughs> that big. I mean, it's, you know, maybe maybe three feet long, foot tall or something like that. I just put it under my bench and I have what seems to be an endless supply of sanding sponges. So if you if you know there's something like that that you go through a lot, look on eBay or look on like Alibaba for a bulk price because they're cheaper when you buy hundreds of things instead you know this is the other thing too i i had a i had a meeting a few months ago uh with a company that i did not make a deal with but they're a huge industrial supplier and they said where do you buy our supplies i said i buy your supplies on ebay from the guys who steal them from the supply closets at gm and and they laughed they're like really i'm like yeah because you don't sell them anywhere else they're like oh we don't because they're all high-end industrial products i'm like I go to eBay and I buy them from the guy that steals them from work. And I get the I get them for a third of the price you sell them for because he's basically giving them away because they're like, wow. I'm like, why don't you sell in these big industrial stores like the ones that we all go to all the time that we mentioned seven times each just now? And they're like, hmm. I'm like, because <laughs> they sell the prosumer versions of them. They don't sell like the actual industrial versions of them, which mm-hmm. is what I use. And, Anyway, the point I'm making is, is go to eBay, you get good deals because guys steal stuff from work and they sell it on eBay. <laughs> True. So you could buy a box of, uh, you know, you buy a box of uh, abrasive tips for your die grinder. The little ones with the little screw, you know, with the quarter 20 nut in the middle of them. You buy them directly from the company and you're paying top dollar. You buy them from some guy that steals them from work. He doesn't care if he gets $10 for the box. That's it's more money than he had before he stole them. All the serial numbers are ground off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the, all the scouring pads. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so this one's from Ethan Young. He says, the grass is greener mentality. Tell us what you miss about being employed by someone else versus working for yourself or owning your own business. When I said that beforehand, David, you kind of laughed. Mm-hmm, I think about it quite a bit. I... I'm, I sort of miss the idea of turning it off at six o'clock. Just lights out, you're at home, you can binge watch a show. And I don't do that. And I'm okay with that. I like thinking about what I'm going to do next or what I'm working on. But it it's constantly taking up real estate in my brain. All the time I'm thinking about work. Even when I'm not working, I'm thinking about work. So I, I kind of miss that. Um, I I kind of miss not having a constant pressure on me all the time. But I, I will. I never want to go back to work for somebody because I also love the freedom. I love the. I get to do make whatever I want to this week. It's I get to make that decision. I don't have to run this up through an approval chain. So. 
Um, but I, I, there are things that I that I that I miss about, and I think the biggest thing is it's being around other creative people who were smarter or just better than than me, and that was a driving force for me to be better at what I did. And so now it's I'm mostly by myself. Yeah, I, I think depending on what job you're coming from. You know, some jobs are, are directly uh, performance-driven. You know, if, you, if you're if you in sales or something, the harder you work, the more money you make. Or if you don't work, you don't make enough money or whatever. I've been in the fortunate position where I've been salaried at most things that I've ever done. So it's not that I... It's not directly proportional. It's relatively proportional. So if you have a week or so where you're not as productive, but it's still you're still doing your work, like it doesn't take your paycheck down, you know? And I do miss that a little bit to where my motivation can fluctuate a little bit or the attention. If I'm distracted, it doesn't necessarily take away from the bottom line of what I'm getting paid every two weeks. Whereas now when you own your own business, like if you decide to take time off for the most part, so does your income. Not, not every time, but you know, if you slack off and you don't want to do the work, then you will feel the effects of that pretty quickly. Um, yeah, and There's you know, I mean, the... I think the goal of, the goal of everybody is to try to set up some sort of a, a cushion or some passive type stuff so that that's not so one to one. That's but, what we're trying to get anyway. But. Whether it's true or not, I think it's it's embedded in us that if you slack off on YouTube and you lose that momentum, it's hard to get back into where people are turning those those in the basement turning those pipes back on like once you once you lose momentum youtube forgets about you and maybe that's not true but i think a lot of us think that is and so we don't ever want to lose that momentum we don't want to miss that video we don't you don't want to go four weeks without posting a video or even two weeks you know well the for me i'm thinking i'm sitting here thinking about how do i create that feeling of of that cushion or that thing it's just lately um and this might be kind of behind the scenes too much, or what do they say? Inside How baseball. baseball? How do they? Inside baseball. Inside, this might be inside. Well, talk, tell me what baseball is after, but <laughs> I'm joking. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, what I try to do lately is I haven't been doing a lot of advertisements, and I'm, I'm, my ads have been a little bit more passive, you know, integrated into just what I'm working on with the certain products. But when people come to me now and they're like, hey, do you want to do two ads for this thing? I'm like, I, I, unless you want to do a one-year contract or a two-year contract, I don't want to do anything because I don't want to get stuck and just like jumping from a lily pad to lily. I'd rather like, this is crazy and I'm I'm going to feel the pinch, but I'd rather be more hungry and not do these one and two things. I'd rather like, if I'm going to be associated with a brand, I want to be associated with the brand for a long time. And when I am, I have more of that feeling of like, okay, I have a job now. And I'm going to get that hmm. income. It's that what you just talked about, Bob. Yeah. So that's like the goal now for me. Like if somebody's like, oh, you know, it's it's almost like giving a drug addict like a little bit of drugs at a time. Like I want to I want to buy the drugstore. I don't want just a little bit of drugs at a time. You know what I mean? I'm hmm. using that analogy as like money. So like when Dollar Shave Club and NordVPN come, they're like, would you do you want to do one more ad? And I'm like, I want to do ten more ads. Or I don't want to do any. You know, hmm. or like figure out a way to integrate, you know, a banner in my shop or I don't want anything from you. Um, and so that's kind of what I've been doing. I passed on a couple of things lately just because it's another one or two thing at a time. 
uh, because primarily because people think you're that guy now. You're that like I I, I don't mind being that guy, but I want to be paid to be that guy. I don't want to just right. get paid once. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's been my that's that's my air quotes my my cushion or regular job is when I land one or two or three of those. I have two ongoing two year deals now with two companies, which which is which is nice. And it's it's I've been working with them anyway, so it's it's not any no one's going to notice any big deal. But going back into a contract with them, we got two years, so I have two years to be like, okay, I got I know I'm going to have that no matter what happens. I'm going to get paid by those guys, you know. Hmm. And I just want to try and do more of those. Yeah, it it's kind of interesting because that type of stuff, um, depending on which way you look at it, the the long term stuff or a bunch of short term stuff. They both kind of afford you a different level of, I don't want to say security, but expectation. Like you kind of know what to expect if you have a long-term thing or if you're relying on a whole bunch of little popcorn here's and there's and whatever. Hey, don't get me wrong. If a, if a good short-term thing came along, I would do it yeah. if it was a nice natural fit. But if I'm going to have to bend, you know, bend over backwards to talk about Wizards of the Coast and phone <laughs> app, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm not do Wizards of the Coast, yeah. you know? Well, I, I mean, I've are. had, you know, both of those situations where, like, the low stuff that I did was a long-term kind of thing, and it was great. But it mm-hmm. does, the long-term stuff does handcuff you a little bit in certain ways. Uh, and then the the one-off, you know, if you have a whole bunch of little tiny ads or little tiny sponsors or deals or whatever, that can have its own kind of weight because then you have more things to keep track of. Um, we're at a point now where we're trying to figure out how, what the best... Uh, Man, this is kind of inside baseball. Sorry, everybody, but we're already talking about it. So um, what type of sponsorship deals or type of business kind of floor will give us the most freedom to do other stuff that's not related to those businesses, to those sponsors? There's a bunch of things I would I would like to invest money into new ideas and into new products that we can create, but I have to be able to afford to do that. And so the sponsorship stuff and all of the ad stuff and all of the, you know, merchandise and all those things, they make these other bigger, more personal things possible. And so it's just weird kind of finding a balance of the stability and, uh, you know, to, to be able to do the stuff that you want. So there's no answer there, but it does seem to kind of fluctuate like, you know, wherever you are in your career, I probably year to year too. Anyway, um, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, there was a couple about this. This one's from Mike Penson. Uh, what is your dream project to work on, either in scale, type, or partnership? And somebody else asked about like a unicorn project, which is kind of the same thing. Like, what's the project that you would love to do, but just doesn't seem realistic for scale or for time or something? And I feel like we may have talked about this before, but. Mine used to be R two D two. It used that right, just sitting right there. It's sitting right next to me, yeah, because it's I put it <laughs> here so that I will stop ignoring him and continue to work on it. <laughs> but it used to be a thing that just seemed so maybe someday, you know, maybe maybe I'll do that. It would be really cool, but I don't think it's realistic. And now he's he's getting there, you know. He's he's like looks like the right thing. So he's not my answer anymore. I have to come up with something else. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have something like that that you would like to do? I'm thinking done? of. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, in, in. 
August here in, in my area, we do a rat rod show where guys come in with like ragtag together, some incredibly crafted, beautiful rat rods. And some of them are just like junkyard assembles like days before the show, which are really intriguing as well. Cause you have somebody that can do anything, can make any motor run, could make any drive shaft run with any motor, any transmission work with any motor. And then you have, let them have fun in the junkyard. And those are some of the most creative ones. So I, I have uh, a goal of making a rat rod by August at this pace. I don't think it's going to happen, but Mike, my, my neighbor here, uh, he's been in a lot of my stories. Mike check left lane designs. He's my, my neighbor and we've become fast friends this summer. He's helping me out a lot. We've agreed. We're going to try and do a rat rod this summer before August for the August show. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's something I really want to do. And every night, if I find myself with five minutes of nothing to do, I'm looking on Craigslist or local let go or something to just try and find the perfect candidate to turn into a rat rod. So that'll happen. It's, but I think of the scope, where we're going to do it, the place it's going to take, the space it's going to take up. You know, that's that makes it a unicorn project for me. We just have to really rearrange a location for it to happen but it's it, it, it might happen but that's it and then the other one with taylor which is we went into it with like really open-ended expectations of like let's just jump in let's just take it step by step we recently changed the starter clutch which i did on instagram last week this this motorcycle project it's a cb 750 no sorry a cb 450 from 1970 a honda i bought it at flea market nearby here for a couple of hundred dollars it's a full complete motorcycle with no paperwork no ignition and we're going to get it running. And that was the goal. It's just to take it apart, learn about motorcycles together. Another another family activity. And Taylor's really getting into it. Every night she showed me a Pinterest boards of what we're going to turn this into and how we're going to modify the frame and change the shocks and flip the forks over so the tubes are in the other direction. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Awesome. That'll fit on the Wazer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have the, like, big I, I want to build a log cabin someday i don't have that type of project uh I, so currently it's probably the go-kart build making a go-kart from scratch or just the chassis i'm buying all the other parts and buying some parts to weld onto the chassis like the spindles and and the axle holder because i don't have the machines or the technology to um fabricate some of those pieces so um maybe something more broad is just it would be cool to have a gallery show someday, but all of those things within that gallery have a common theme in them. And I have no idea what that is. I have I mean, absolutely no idea, but that would be a, a cool like unicorn project right there. I got your theme. Okay. Ready? Hit me. Wiener dogs. I love wiener dogs. Mm. I cannot get enough <laughs> wiener dogs in my life. Um, yeah. And people... <laughs> People know that I love wiener dogs, and it's almost daily, whether it's family, friends, or people on Twitter or Instagram sending me wiener dog videos and, and pics and memes all day. So, yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah, that's that's me. No, yeah, it's usually if, if I have this big project, I'll figure out how to tackle it. Although I don't... Yeah, the go-kart. The go-kart build that right now, and it's happening. Yeah. It's funny because, like, mm-hmm. as you're saying that, I'm thinking about there there's a bunch of big stuff that seems impossible that I would like to build a cabin. I've talked about that. I would I want to build a cabin at the farm. 
And from today, right now, looking at that, I'm like, man, that is huge. And I'm watching other people on YouTube do it. I'm like, man, no, that's going to take ease right into it. It's going to take years. But then at the same time, like, it's not a unicorn project because I'm afraid that I'll never do it. It's just a matter of time and money Making before I do it, yeah. you know. And so whereas, you know, to jump back five years, there were things, things like R2-D2 that like, I could never do that. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way I couldn't afford it. I wouldn't have the time. I wouldn't have the understanding of the things that I need. To, and life has just gotten me into a place to where my job is figuring out how to pull stuff off. <laughs> so, like, no matter yep. what that eventual thing in front of us is that sounds really cool, I'm not really afraid of it. I'm not really, you know, there's no, like, that's impossible. It's just, well, who do I know? <laughs> who can I Who can I learn from right. to be able to, to do the next step on this, whatever this next thing is, and then the next step and the next step? And that feels really cool because... I don't know how to do so many different things, but I'm not afraid of trying to figure it out. And that doesn't that doesn't stop me from, you know, making plans to make a cabin or to completely renovate our kitchen from scratch and, mm-hmm. you know, do all this stuff that I don't know how to do, but I'm still going to do it. So that's cool. I I see your your renovations and they are inspiring. The uh, the, the bathroom and um, the I think it was the mud room or whatever other room that you yeah. did. Like, that's so cool. It, it looks beautiful. And you did that yourself, which is amazing. And I look at it and I'm like, I have no desire to do that at all. I would rather <laughs> pay somebody else to do that. Cause that looks like a huge headache and I would rather focus yeah. on the things that I want to do. So, um, the big projects like that, like home stuff, no, no desires whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. everybody, everybody has that type of stuff where you look at it and you can appreciate it for what it is. I mean, watching Alex Steele make swords and like all the work that he puts into one sword, I'm like, that's cool. But like, I don't really like swords that much, you know? <laughs> right. like, I'm like, <laughs> that's an eight part like, series. I'm do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, any other thoughts on unicorn projects? Any other stuff like that? The, the interesting thing is, you know, and it's because this community and this career that we're all developing is that five years ago, the Unicorn Projects would have been all these things we're talking about. My building, mm-hmm. my big workshop, mm-hmm. our moves, each one of our moves mm-hmm. and our upgrades to our shops and, you know, me learning how to do laser laser cutting. Now I'm, you know, full time, make everything on the laser. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> CNC guy. much to my fans. The rest of the CNC guy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I used to like it when you used to struggle through staying on the line with the band. So now you stay exactly on the line. It's just not as cool. I mean, a year ago, if you I'm said I was going to be into go-kart racing and building, and I, you, I'd be like, no, I'm not into that stuff. But so yeah. who knows where I'll be a year from now? Maybe I will have. Ask me that mm. question again in a year and maybe I will have some of those unicorn projects. You'd be like, I can't answer. Yeah. I'm in the middle of renovating my kitchen. Right, exactly. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Cool. All right. Well, um, unless you guys have any other thoughts here, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to thanking our Patreon supporters. Everybody over there. I say this every week, but I say it because it's true. We are grateful for every single person that helps us out on Patreon. Um, This show's been going on for over five years. 100% funded by patrons. And that's I awesome. had to shoot down. Did you guys get that? Dave, you got that weird email for the guy that wanted to be on our show. He could obviously never, ever listen. We get, it's funny. We get these solicitations from people that want to be guests on the show. Yeah. And it's funny. You could tell that they never listen to the show or even, you know, advertisers reach out to us and like, we really love your podcast. Would you like to show our floor wax? We're like, 
No. <laughs> You've never listened to the podcast. <laughs> this person is an author of a great psychology book that would fit perfectly with your, quote, content. Quote. You know, it's like, come on, man. You're like, you don't listen to our show. Um, anyway, but everything is that we've ever done is through Patreon supporters. And so they are important to us, and we're really grateful for them. Um, everybody over there at every level gets the after show. And that's more mm. of us secret stuff. Uh, you know, we talk about our upcoming plans and potential things that we're trying to scheme up and make happen, which are going to be really cool. So you should listen to the after show. Um, mm-hmm. Big thanks to our top supporters over there. Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Maker and Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, You Can Make This Too, Modern DIY, Odin Leather Goods, and Jenny and Davis. I think at least a few of those people are, I know, uh, I think Chad and Bernie Solo and maybe some other people, probably Quinn, are going to be at WorkbenchCon, which is in a couple of weeks. Jimmy and yep. I are both going to be there. Um, yep. It's a super cool time. If you're looking for... One of the other questions, actually, since we're doing this, one of the other questions was maker events... No, choosing the right maker conference from Jeff. Now, that's probably a whole big discussion. But I will say, I'm not being paid to say this, I will say that WorkbenchCon is a really cool event because I think it's... it's shaping up to be a good one. It's the perfect ongoing. intersection of, like, content creators and makers. Maker Fair is just about like making cool stuff and showing it off and like people who enjoy seeing those things. WorkbenchCon is really focused on being a content creator in the maker space. And it's a really good cross section of those two things. So if that's something you're interested in, I don't have a coupon code or anything for you, but I'm sure you could probably find one. Go to WorkbenchCon because it's pretty cool. It's in two weeks, I think from today or maybe when the show goes out, I don't know soon. And, um, yeah, we'll be there. That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> Big thanks to our Patreon supporters. So, if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. Help us out. That would be awesome. What you guys got? Anything cool to recommend this week? I got, you know what I've been watching? And we talked about it before. It keeps popping up because I'm like slowly watching one after another. Corridor. It's this. Do you guys know the guys that do like the Corridor fake Digital? dynamic rope? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. We've watched, we've talked about them once or twice before, but I've been really like devouring their videos because not only are they incredibly, they have a great sense of humor. They do yeah. full on CGI crazy scenario. So they think of a, the craziest, stupid story and they make a CGI about it. Like tactical loads. Have you guys watched the tactical loads? These two detectives. It's hilarious. That, like, throw their, they throw their clip up in the air and spin and throw their rifle at it and it loads or, or tiny guns. Did you it's, see the videos? Tiny I guns? haven't seen the new tiny guns. I saw the first one. It's so good. <laughs> tiny guns it's like these it's like miami vice like straight up real detectives and they're making a gun buy like in a parking lot somewhere in miami and the guns are all really tiny and but it just it it mocks the entire police like genre because but the guns fire real bullets and like what happens to the guy like the guy's head splits open and his brain falls onto the hood of the car but it's only because they're a little gruesome (laughs) but they're funny because the guns are like an inch long so yeah, the gu- yeah. And he's like, "Where are the rest of the guns?" And the guy just reaches in his pocket and pulls them out like jelly beans. He's like, "Here they are." <laughs> As you were saying that, I just, I, I think I just saw that. <laughs> it's so, but they're so well written and so well produced. It's like, it's not just like you know, rinky dink YouTube guys like us. These are like full on television production with full CGI stuff. It's obviously guys that do real CGI for real film and television, just having fun in their off time. 
It's so check it out. And then they do the um they, they do the Boston Dynamics robot that's like running up and down stairs and they're throwing things at him and then the robot gets mad and turns on them and starts beating them up. And the first time I saw it, this is how I was introduced to them. I thought it was real until the robot like starts developing its own personality. I'm like, this has got to be fake. And then at the bottom, it says Boston Dynamics. But I took a closer look. It says Boss Town Dynamics. Uh. And it wasn't. <laughs> they're like, hey, they're like, <laughs> and one of the things that t- they're putting the robot through a test and they open a swarm of bees next to them, like everything to just distract the robot. <laughs> so <good>. dumb. <laughs> All right, David, what you got? Mine is Instagram channel. It's called Vogue Designs, and they it's basically like a curated feed of just really cool products and stuff. Uh, it's one of those things I just recently discovered, and there are so many things on here that I look at, and I'm like, I want to do a version, my own version of that. So just a, a quick little little Instagram, something to, a little bit of inspiration for your feed. That's cool. Um, yeah. Mine is very different. Because, like I said, every week for the last year and a half, two years or so, I don't really watch anything new, so I don't have a lot. But um, mine is a clothing company that I'm not sponsored by in any way. I wish I was, but they don't do sponsorships. Dressed called Cool. Oh, man, I was hoping <laughs> it was Dressed cool. to Wear. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> not yet. It's K-U-H-L. And so several years ago, I was in this outdoor store, and they had this cool jacket or something i'm like man that jacket is awesome like that looks like a nice style it looks cool (laughs) i think that's what they want with the name um and so i pick up the i try it on man this is great i'm totally gonna buy this look at the price tag and it's like 250 dollars. i'm like nope not gonna buy this so put it back on the thing and then i went on and i bought a different rain shell and it worked for a little while and then the stuff on the inside of it started getting all gross and breaking apart and, and it was not cheap, but it wasn't that expensive. So then I had to get a replacement. Long story short, I saw this other jacket, didn't buy it. It was a cool jacket, didn't buy it. And then I was walking past a guy in Nashville one time, and he had the jacket on. And I looked at it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally buy that jacket. <laughs> finally, Because I saw somebody wearing it, and I'm like, yeah, it looks good. It's a nice quality outdoor jacket. This is my favorite jacket ever. I spent the money on it, and so now I have an outdoor jacket that's lightweight that keeps me warm even when it's like it, it was it was in the single digits a couple weeks ago and I was perfectly warm in it. So after getting this one jacket from this company, I was like, well, maybe I should just get some of their shirts. Shirts are cool, you know. They're a little expensive, but I'll go ahead and get them. My favorite shirts. I just ordered some pants from them. My favorite pants. And so I'm realizing after all this time that if you don't just buy your clothes at Target, and you spend a little bit more money on nicer stuff, it turns out that it's worth it sometimes. And this particular brand for me is like my new favorite clothing company, if that's a thing. Uh, So I'm being careful not to buy a whole bunch of their stuff because it is a little expensive, but it's like super high quality outdoor just gear. It's good stuff. So if you're looking for that type of thing, I mean, they have like work pants and work shirts and jackets and, you know, rain things and... It's it's work and outdoor stuff. If you want to check it out, I'll put a link to it. It's K-U-H-L. You have to buy from them direct, I think. Like, you can't buy it on Amazon. Uh, you can buy from some outdoor stores and stuff, but I've been buying it directly from them, and it's good stuff. So, if you want to dress like me, just kidding. But cool. That's all I got for this week. You guys got anything else? Mm, 
No. I just got an email from a potential advertiser, which I might have to take for one ad because it's a lot of money. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to do one ad. Everyone's going to jump in the comment section. Is it? Uh, is it? There's no the, deal. My my age. I just what West Coast Warriors or whatever game that you mentioned. <laughs> no, no. It's it's it. <laughs> It's a little bit to do with what we make. <laughs> it's a little bit to do. You know, it's not a Savage Warships 2. <laughs> 2. All right. Well, you can go uh, go do your ad spot, and we'll go to the after show, and we'll catch everybody yeah. next week. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Love you. See ya. Bye, guys.